Hello and welcome to episode four of the Black Country Ramble. We are coming to you live from the Black Country and we presume you'll be listening from the Black Country because we are trying to appeal to both Albion fans and Wolves fans. I myself am an Albion fan uh, and I'm with JB who is not an Albion fan. Absolutely not. I'm JB, a uh, big Wolves fan, um, been a big part of my life for coming to 30, I should say over 33 years now, um, loving life at the moment. And like I said, this podcast is hopefully going to reach a lot of different people, appeal to different people and, uh, and be a big success. Yeah. So one of the things a lot of people ask us is they're like, um, what's the point? Why do you have an Albion fan and a Wolves fan shooting the breeze basically about um, the black country football scene? And it it's basically like this. And some people it won't, this won't be the case for them, but this rivalry divides families and friendships and households at times. Um, and it is such a personal, um, really fierce yet friendly sort of current rivalry. You know, there's always something going on. People are always, um, wanting to talk about it. If you are in and around West Brom or Wolves, you will see how prevalent the two clubs are. And it, it splits my family, um, down the middle and, um, JB, um, I know that your family is all wolves, but you yeah, have... we're wolves thing too. But I've got you. So yes, you're the <laughs> yeah. you're the one that sticks out like a sore thumb, kid. Yeah, I do. But, uh, um, my family. And that's what brought us together, really? To be fair, yeah, for sure. Yeah, sort of family divide. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Jack is my brother outlaw, um, which just we, hmm. you know, I've not married into the family, but. Um, I'm sure you can work it out. Um, so I am a West Brom fan who's often left to fend for myself in big family discussions, but I'm used to that as my own family is one of those families I was talking about, which does sort of um, bridge the gap. You know, family parties are always conversations mm. about who's doing well. I've got uncles who are Wolves fans and cousins who are Wolves fans, uh, aunties who are uh, Albion fans, dad to an, dad who's an Albion fan, um, even Villa in our family as well, cousins and uncles who are Villa. So it's, yeah, it's a bit of a mess at Christmas, although it won't be this year, <laughs> of course. No, no, um, no, no. So, yeah, for anybody who is a new listener, maybe, that is why we're doing what we're doing. You know, it's such um, an interesting rivalry, such um, an important rivalry in this part of the world. Why not discuss it on a podcast? Why not have that bit of banter? That's why it. not um, hopefully get some guests on in the future and, you know, that's the aim. That's black the country aim. football as as a whole, the two sides of the rivalry, back in the uh, in the zeitgeist, as it were, you know. Yeah, that's it, mate. So we are fresh off the back of a full weekend of fixtures, and Albion played Manchester United, and Wolves played against Southampton. Um, I am going to give you the choice. Would you like to start with Albion or Wolves, JB? I'm going to say, let's start with Wolves. Let's yep. get it done and dusted because I think there's far more to talk about in the Albion uh, I'd, I'd agree game. with that. I'd um, agree with that. So I think we can polish the Wolves sort of Southampton game off pretty quickly. Not that I want to sort of rush over it, but I think, you know, it, 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 it was, was one of those games. It was a pretty standard Wolves performance. It was a pretty standard game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, we, we we were obviously much better second half. Shock horror. Um, I that, is that is a pretty standard Wolves performance. That is a pretty standard Southampton did exactly what I thought they would do. They were good side. Mm-hmm. Ralph's, Ralph has got them drilled very, very well. They know their strengths. Um, they had some clear chances. They had the boy, um, 
his name's going to my head. Is it Armstrong? The striker. Uh, is it Armstrong? Adams. Armstrong. Yeah, no, Armstrong, no, no. The, the, yeah, Armstrong, the number 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The number 10, yeah. He had the chance first off and he screwed it wide. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Walcott had the chance at 1-0. So you'd, you'd have expected him to, to, to put that away. Yeah. So Southampton had their chances to pull clear, which, you know, is expected. But on, on the flip side of the coin, um, it was great seeing Wolves attack with intent um, throughout. I think we finished 20 shots on goal, nine on target. That was triple the amount Southampton had. Dad slightly more possession, but yeah. you know swings and roundabouts and all that. But I think one all was a fair one all was a fair reflection on the game. Um, I, I thought he's, I thought he's one of those. I thought we looked much better with, with the Dharma in, even though he's quiet um, at, at times. I like the fact that we had that sort of direct sort of outlet where that burst of pace gave us that sort of chance to to move up the, up through the phases quickly. Um, and I, just, I thought it was, it was a good quality sort of game. I thought one all was a fair reflection. I, I genuinely believe, though, without sort of being hypothetical and going into a different sort of conversation, I believe that once we got to one all, I believe in normal times with a full stadium, we would have won that. Genuinely mm. believe that was the sort of game where the crowd, particularly the South, when you're taking the South Bank and, and, you're on a, and, you, and you're on a crest of a wave attacking, it's been done many times as we've gone into the Premier League, the amount of games that the crowd have pulled us through. I genuinely believe that those are the kind of games where we, this season, will miss our points. Yeah, um, and, we got the and that's the same today. for every club. That's the same, that's yeah. the same for every club. Well, that's it's not. That's not the same you know, for every club after today, is it? Obviously, no, no, it's not. Those in tier that's, that's two will be getting um, that. I know it's only two thousand fans, but they will be getting matter. that bit it, of token it, it, support. It's a slight, it's a slight advantage, whichever way yeah. you look at it. Whether there'll be repercussions for the Premier League, whether clubs will be able to appeal in terms of. Um, unfair advantage. I don't know how far it, it, it can I, go I into think, that. I don't. I, I don't know really. Yeah, I, I uh, think it, it's at that point where they don't want to take anything else off fans. Fans have suffered enough. Of if course, two thousand of them can get into Anfield, two thousand get into so Sellers Park, go, whatever. Yeah, so be it. Whatever. Yeah. Go. Yeah, I, I, it. I'm not too bothered because most most fixtures that are going to be played are going to be still no fans. So I'd be, yeah, I'd, I'd be more, things. I'd be more, I'd be more vexed if say like Wolverhampton had been in tier three, Birmingham in tier two, and that would have meant that Albion would have got fans in <laughs> and not the other way. Do you get what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That sort of thing. But um, yeah. in a way, it is what it is. But in terms of Wolf Southampton, I thought, it, I thought it was a, 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 a decent performance from both sides. One all was a fair reflection of, of the game. Um, I think, in the sort of back end of the second half, going towards full time, I think we were the much stronger side. If there was a team that was going to win, it would have been us. But in the end, it, 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 it was a fair, fair result, and I think that kind of summed it up really. To be honest, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think if any team was going to win at the end, it could have been Wolves. Um, but there was one thing about the Wolves uh, game which was sort of not very standard, um, and that Absolutely. was that the ever-present Connor Cody missed out. And such is his importance. Yeah, it was a weird one with he was mm. tested negative, but hadn't trained and all that stuff. Um, and he's already had it as well. Yeah, very, very strange. <laughs> but um, it's, I mean, we missed Pereira a couple of weeks ago for COVID. Sure, and, sure. It, Livermore and Gibbs were out for the last game. Anyway, we, we yeah. can talk until the cows come home on football and COVID because it's a really interesting topic. But anyway, um, yeah, so Wolves... Uh, testament to how important Connor Cody is. Wolves switched their system for the first time um, yeah. since being promoted and then went with the back four. It looked yeah. like a 4 3 3 in the first half uh, to me. Yeah, I think yeah. so. A little bit of flexibility to sort of drop into it if, if need be. But I didn't think we look, we didn't think we look out of sorts, to be honest with you. Samedo is a natural right back, and I thought he looked very good. I think yeah. any question marks over whether 
Um, he was an upgrade. Unbelievably, there were question marks over whether he was an upgrade on Doc. I think they'd been put to bed. He, he's he's qu- quality. Well, Tomato was caught napping for the for the Southampton goal, wasn't he? It was yeah, his man yeah, who absolutely. Theo Walcott was in about twenty yards. Of yeah, space. yeah, it, it, yeah. I mean, I mean that 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 was that was obviously I think yeah. just unfortunately a standout mistake that got punished. But I just think yeah. generally, he's, he's he's such a such a good player. And, and, a, and a massive upgrade. I thought. I like it. I like him. I think he's technically very good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought I know he did okay. I, I think the way that he I got to be honest. Well, suits him. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I think he looks more comfortable when he's going forward than defending. Yeah, def- absolutely. Um, which which is where we had the Ruben Vinagre situation where give him the ball to attack all day, but then when he was on the back foot, he we always looked a bit susceptible. I'm hoping I know he has got a little bit more about him defensively longer term that Nuno can sort of drill into him. Um, and and, and Bolly and Kilman naturally sent off so that they were able to do a job. I didn't think Kilman had a good game, you know. I, that system exposed Kilman far more than I thought it would. A little bit. A, a little bit. I don't think he was terrible. I, I'm not, I don't think oh, he's terrible. wasn't I think he's a good footballer. Deep, but... interventions and stuff. But yeah, I think, look, we've played the back, you know, Nuno's been at the club come to four years now and, and, he, and yeah. we've never played outside of a back, no, back no, three. So yeah, whether or not... Totally understandable. Not do you know what I mean? So I think there was going to naturally be... I, I think to play a back four, missing your one of your most important players and come out with a point and, and playing as well as we did, not outstandingly, but, you know, yeah. create the chances that we did. I took, I took a point before the game. Did a call a draw? Yeah. Did a call a you win? Did, I can't remember. Uh, you called two all. I called two, one two all. all. I called oh, one all, which chance. I nailed. Um, um, we did have a suggestion from a listener, um, which was to keep a track of who gets the most prediction points over the season. And I do really like that. So when we do our yeah. predictions at the end of this podcast, that's something we will look to introduce. We need, we need, we need, yeah, we need to go back and, and look, to be fair. Yeah, um, um, we now we can just do no, it from cool. now. So I don't, I yeah, don't know who's cool. ahead, but yeah. Um, I think it's me, but yeah. <laughs> well, I've nailed that one all, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I predict a West Brom <laughs> win every week, and I've not been right <laughs> once with those, to be fair. So <laughs> that's why I'm ahead. That's why I'm ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah. So, talking of predictions yep. with West Brom, I predicted one all um, yep. in the Man United West Brom game, and I was wrong. But not for the want of trying. That game no. could easily have been one all. It was, it as was, you say, it, there was a lot to talk about. It was bonkers. Bonkers is a good word. Bonkers is a good word. Um, so everyone listening to this will have seen it. Wolves fans might have a different view, but um, I think that might be maybe bias getting in the way. Um, I don't want to. I'm, I'm not. I'm, yeah. I'm not. I'm too honest with you, mate. On my Twitter feed, on my Twitter feed, there was a. It was. It, there was a general agreement of outrage. Yeah, I it was, seem, and it was the outrageous. Only, the only, the only stuff that I saw that, that that didn't agree was the screenshots of of certain Man United, Man United fans. fans. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That are certain, yeah. But anyway, yeah. we digress. <laughs> yeah, back, back we go. Back yes. We go. So anyone who is listening to the podcast will have either watched it live or they've seen it back later. Um, first half, Albion played well. We played okay. Yeah. Um, yep. But second half, uh, we started like a house on fire. Excuse me, we started like a house on fire. Mm. Um, Connor Gallagher was hacked down in the area. Does not matter if Bruno Fernandes has touched the ball. He has b- 
booted Conor Gallagher shin to shin, like just cut straight through him and took him down. People are saying, oh, Conor Gallagher Gallagher didn't get it because he went down too easy. And it's like, that's not how football works. But it's not not really an argument in this day and age. Yeah, true. the, the, The player on the other side you know, that, that wins penalties left, right and centre. Yeah. Let's be honest with you. I, I, you know, it's not really an argument, is it, at the moment? Yeah, and also, talking of players going down too easy, not going down, whatever, in the lead-up to that penalty, Harry Maguire yeah. has fouled Carlin Grant while Carlin Grant's one-on-one, uh, and it's forced yeah. Carlin Grant wide. And Grant was way too honest. If he goes down, yeah, it's a free kick, not a penalty, but whatever. If Carlin Grant goes down, we're playing 10 men for the rest of that game. Um, yeah, sure. But anyway, well, that, well, you don't, well, well, you don't, well, you don't know. No, that's true. Yeah, you don't know. <laughs> Based but, on what uh, happened ten seconds later. Yeah, so that blatant penalty was overturned after some Man United appeals and the ref going to his monitor. You always fear for the worst when the ref goes to the monitor. Uh, I think he was swayed to say the least. I'm not going to throw conjecture about. Um, as to whether there is this bias, which is a conscious bias towards big teams, but they do get the rub of the green more often than the small teams. And, and that's fact. And I think you will see the fans of the bigger clubs, and I'm, I'm twitching my fingers on the, on the video, you know, going, oh, you know, suck it up and see it even itself. It doesn't. If all you've yeah. got to do is look at the VAR table about decisions overturned or both both against and for and look at who, Wolves and Miles at the bottom I think it was just in Sheffield United by, by far I mean but across since it's come in it, it's nowhere near it doesn't even itself out and, and, and Troy Dean I'm not a massive fan of Troy Dean eh? um, though he's grown on me actually I do listen to the old clips in my talks but, but I've never been a big fan of him and, and but that's by the by but I listened to him talking on TalkSport, I think it was on the Monday or the Sunday after the game. I think it would have been Monday. Yeah, yeah. And he came out and he he is a professional footballer with no ties to any club in particular. Birmingham born and bred. Yes, he's a a blue nose into Mm -hmm. it. You know, but like... But not in that game. Not in that game, but he lives and breathes. He lives and breathes for... He's a professional footballer. He's probably played under every referee that's done it. And even he came out and said, there is a natural bias of up to 70-30 towards the bigger clubs. And you know, when there's a VAR shout or a 50-50 challenge, you know it's going to be 70-30. And it's one of the things that when you play outside a top six club, that's when you have to suck it up and accept. And to me, that's not acceptable. How you break that mould? How you break it down? I don't know. I don't know because the hierarchy, there's always going to be that element of denial. But when a professional footballer of experience and playing within it, he's coming out and saying that. You have to sit up and listen and you can't argue with it. Not in my opinion anyway. No, I'd agree with that. I think um, mm. sort of it is an unspoken, it's almost taken as a given. Look at the Liverpool handball. That, that Liverpool, the Liverpool handball. Was it Matip or was it Gomez? The one where literally his hand was probably a yard away from him. I'm talking, I wish you could see it, but literally yeah. there. And it's, it's struck him. Literally, he might as well have caught it in the palm of his hand. And it, nothing. And then the week before, you got the Max Kilman penalty where it's being blasted at him and his arms like... And, and all these decisions that do not make any sense. There's no correlation between them. There's no consistency. No wonder fans seem a bit bitter and, and like they've got sour grapes. No wonder. Because there's no consistency. And it yeah. all, does always seem to favour the bigger clubs. It does, no matter what. Yeah. No matter what. I feel it can be a bit cheap to sit and... Um, chastise referees and go after yeah. um, bias and VAR and all this stuff but it was it was either gross negligence or bias 
and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know take your pick neither of those flatter david coop particularly just a one yeah. last word on on the decisions in that game Excuse um, me. and sort of how they played out there was something really interesting when when we had our penalty overturned man united yeah. players were going mental they were absolutely yeah. they were surrounding the referee they were going nuts yes when man united got a penalty yeah. Conor Gallagher was clearly fouled in the build-up. Conor Gallagher walks up to the referee and sort of gestured back to the place he was fouled. Yeah. And he's like, was, it, was that not a foul? Was I not fouled almost, there? Yeah, almost yeah, apologetically. Almost yeah, 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 way too kind. And I'm not going to have a go uh-huh. at Conor Gallagher for, for not being nasty enough to the ref. But if Conor Gallagher's yeah. like, no, you check, the, you check VAR now. I was fouled. I was fouled. I was fouled. Then he gets a different yeah. response. He might get a yellow card, but you know, the Absolutely. referee would check it. They apparently checked that. I refuse to believe they've checked that. There is not no. anyone who looked at that foul. You cannot say that's not a foul. Like there's this line, oh, anything, anything in the attacking phase leading to a penalty or a goal will be checked. It's like you've not checked that. You've absolutely the, not but, checked that. But the picking and, and choosing again, mate, there were instances last season when, I can't think of the top of my head, but like, you know, there's instances where certain things, Wolves against, I'm bringing up Wolves against, so you know, if people listening to this and, you know, this are called typical, you know, you're just moaning because you think that, you know, the, the, the result of the uh, decisions go against you. When we played Liverpool last year and Van Dijk handled the ball in, in the build up to their goal, you know, there was a rule, I'm sure a rule cut was it was up to 30 seconds prior or something like that. No, it's, was to do with, of... yeah, it's to do with phases of play. So if you were to give the ball yeah. away and win it back, like, so take our Chelsea game um, last month. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh. we, it was clearly handball, but because we yeah. tried to clear the ball off that hand and then it came back yeah. in two seconds later, that all of a sudden was a different phase of play. But anyway, yeah, that the the Man United game was dominated by refereeing decisions um, yep. rather than football. But if we just have a word on how good Sam Johnston was in that game. Very, very good, mate. It was an outstanding performance. I mean, I, I, as, as you tweeted off the official account, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I did a take. I, wasn't, I genuinely wasn't sure... Um, whether he was like Scottish or Welsh, obviously I assume he was British, but I wasn't necessarily quite sure. And and the times that I've seen Sam Johnson play this year, he's been. Like, I haven't seen him make have a bad performance. He's been very very good. Yeah. Um, he made some outstanding saves. Obviously, he saved the penalty. Um, you know, <laughs> kind and, of. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, he, he. You know, and he, he's just looked very very good. And I I messaged you and said, you know. He's is he English? He should, yeah. he, he, he should be around the squad. Yeah. Because I look at the, I look and, and on the flip side, I thought the Southampton goalkeeper was very Alex good McCarthy, as well. Yeah, and, a very good. Yeah, game. and he's a, yeah. he's a very good, good keeper. But I just thought he should be in with a sniff. Sam he Johnston, should be in I the conversation. In, yeah, he should be in, in and around the twenty-three. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying he should start because, frankly, he shouldn't. No, no. He shouldn't be starting. No, no. But uh, you know, you you actually opened my eyes there. I thought maybe Sam Johnston is that level. Maybe he is sort of that. Knocking on the from door. What I've, from, from what I've seen, from yeah. what I've seen, I thought there's no reason. There's there's nothing that I've seen in terms of other English goalkeepers that I thought he, he you know, yeah. I just I just think why you know he he's not too dissimilar in terms of talent and ability of what I've seen so far of, of any of the the the, the top three English keepers. Yeah, as a, as a shot stopper, you know, as a shot stopper, he's fantastic, which he displayed. Yeah. 
in the Man United game. A couple, yeah. couple of those saves were phenomenal. The one from Martial yeah, in the yeah. first half. Yeah, the, yeah. The one from Point Black Range in the second half. Like, oh, what a, what a performance! It's it's yeah, such very, a shame very that that game will be remembered for the decisions and losing it the way we did it was a robbery you know uh, again that's cheap to go after referees but it, it, was, it was a funny one it, it was because I felt obviously you know there's other you know, Wolves Albion and I've got a lot of Al- Wolves fans on my, on my, on my TL on, on, on Twitter and it's like oh you know fuck the Albion fuck them you know this is what happens when you need the Prem and all that and you know there's a lot of Wolves fans that still are and we all still have that sort of hatred for each other you know so oh, fuck off fuck the Albion I don't care and all that but Genuinely, Saturday night, I watched that and I was like, do you know what? It brought back, it evo- evoked, it's got to sound like I'm talking about something really emotional here. It evoked <laughs> so many memories and feelings from the last couple of seasons. And I, I kind of felt for you in a way. Mm. I did because I, was, I remember the feeling of when we got shafted against Liverpool, the Neto goal and, and, and the fucking Johnny's toenail, no, hand being offside and, you know, the, all the VAR calls and I, Mate, the amount of football I've watched these last few years, and not, well, do you know what summed it up? You know, when Neto scored, he didn't celebrate. He scored, mm. and the first thing he did was picked up the ball and, and walked to the linesman. Yeah. And that just summed it up. He's yeah. equalised. There's 10, 15 minutes to go. The team's on the up, and literally the players can't celebrate because the first thing he's going, yeah. what's going on? What's going on? Yeah, and it's just yeah, yeah. sucked it out. And it's not just about the, the heart and soul being sucked out of it. It's about unjust. And what I saw, and I've seen some, and Wolves have been on the receiving end of many unjust decisions, no matter which way you look at it. And Albion were on the wrong end of one on, on Saturday. For me, mm. the, the problem with, 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 the, with the Albion one for me, Kieran, and it made me, and I put the tweet out, and I don't know where it's gone. It's, I, don't, I don't know where it's gone. I, I don't know what, exactly what it was, word for word. Yeah. I'll have to dig it out. I'll, I'll have a look while I'm talking to you. The problem is, with the offsides and with the handballs, there's almost a room to argue, particularly with the offsides, because you can go, well, hang on, even if it's a fingernail, it's still offside. And that sort of argument, if that, if that, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. The problem with what happened on Saturday was that was a clear penalty. That was a clear penalty. And there was no if in there was no re- There was no reason to have another look kind of thing. Absolutely not. And that has yeah. set a precedent for me. And I'm just scrolling through my tweets. It's a dangerous talk. precedent as well because it actually it's undermines referees. Because that, that David Coote's been asked to go and have a look by someone at Stockley Park. And when he's walking to that monitor, he's thinking, oh, I've made a mistake here. They've noticed my mistake. So I've got to go and look and rectify that mistake. It's not a valid process it is it's fatally flawed he's going over to look at that monitor thinking i have to change this decision because people at stockley park have identified an error what error have i made what do i need to do to write it now and it just doesn't work in its current form var is a mess var is an it is really emotional language, but it is sucking the soul out of football matches. Yeah, I couldn't celebrate that penalty we were given because I was thinking, well, no. that might be overturned. Exactly. And it's due, like I say, it's setting dangerous precedents. And if we are literally going to screw tonight, we're taking the power away from the referee. And, we're not, and, and, and this VAR was meant to come in to overturn clear and obvious errors. So, i.e., if a player is two yards offside, and the line has missed it. Oh, if a player's dived and the refs missed it. Every single decision at the moment is being scrutinised by scientific analysis, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. And the fact that 
and the fact that it goes to someone in Stockley Park, they're looking at and they're going, and they're obviously going, mm, I don't we know. Ain't the, we, we ain't got the ball to make a decision here. Yeah. Back to you, Sunshine. That should be actually the VIR. What the VIR should be saying is actually, you know, we've looked at it, we can't see a clear and obvious area. Stick to your decision. 100% agree. 100% agree. But the, and- but the doing is now, they're going back to them going, we can't see it or we're unwilling to make a decision. So actually, go and have a look on a monitor. And that's four referees that have then looked at it. And three it's referees. not clear. Well, no, if you, class not clear. The, if you class the linesman as well, who would have been making that as call? Like, it's yeah, four yeah, officials. Four, yeah. four referees. And that is where the we're in a dangerous area where yeah. we are literally... Are we, are we going to start scientifically examining... Um, that's, free, that's the free thing. kicks in the middle of the centre circle because it's, it's not it scientific starting. it's not that's, no. they, they want they're treating it like a scientific process but it, it cannot be scientific it's subjective it's by it's, its very it's, nature it's, 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 referees are there to, to like you know when it's almost it's, do, you know, do you know what it is Kieran it's almost like a penalty gets given a strike the, the, the player steps up and he misses and he, slip, he slips over he slips over and he misses just a JT in the 2008 Champions League final right Slips over, misses. It's like him getting another shot. That's what the refs are getting. They're getting another shot every time. Oh, yeah. And 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 and, and that's quite. And that's quite an extreme thing. It's almost like they're getting chances to rectify their errors on industrial scales. I was, or I was or even when they, readdress things that aren't errors, and they were perfectly yeah. fine. They'd done their job with with no problem in the first place. They, so. They're getting a, they're getting a free pass all the time, and, and and it's just hang on. There's got to be that's football's entertainment. VAR was brought in for clearing obvious areas to eradicate um, goals that that could, could potentially could cost teams your, titles or your, Mar- your Maradona goals. And, and just a Absolutely. word on Maradona, what what a legend, yeah. what a genius. I'm sure everyone listening Absolutely. knows he passed yeah. away this week. But that's what VAR should be for. That was it brought it, in for like yeah, the Sheffield United yeah. the Sheffield United goal that didn't get given against Villa in the lockdown, which ultimately saved yeah. Villa from going down. How did VAR like not that, step in there? Yeah, for, yeah. Well, forgot to turn the watches. So, VAR should have brought in for that angle. We know, you've, we know you've forgot to turn your watches on, that big, big boo-boo, but yeah. VAR are here. We've seen it's gone in, give the goal, bang, and then Villa would have been relegated. But the point is, is that it's coming to a point where I don't think it's being used in its right format and it's going above and beyond to kind of cripple the game. And I could sit here and talk all night about it, but I felt for Albion, I felt for you. I understood the exasperation and the pain and the anger and the frustration and the shock because as a Wolves fan, we have been there countless times over the last two seasons. Um, and I can't see a way out of it, mate. I can't see a way out of it until there are radical overhauls. And that, that upsets me because it's taken away you know, so in, at the moment, mate, it's, it's, it's almost not too bad because there's no fans in the stadium. There isn't that level oh, of anger and that vitriol eat, in eat, the stadium. alive, wouldn't they? Do you they're... know what I mean? There isn't that level, mate. We're all, we're all sat at home on our sofas, cooped up. You know, I don't think it would have been state. overturned. I don't think it would have been overturned if the Hawthorne... Well, it was at Man United. But if that ground mm-hmm. was full, any ground was full, the referee is not overturning that because... The, yeah. I agree. That's such a controversial call. I, I mean, I know that's what referees are yeah. paid to do, but they're obviously not doing it. But yeah, well. but yeah, oh, anyway. like I said, mate, it, it was it was one of the, you know it, it is what it is. I thought you played well. I thought you did enough to get to the out of the game. I know Man yeah. United on the balance of it they had a lot more shots. Yeah, a lot of shots, good like chances. But, but, Sam Johnson played very like well. That. Yeah. But, you know, ultimately, man, that doesn't matter. I, I, you know, you, you know, yeah, you, you, were, you were robbed. You were, you were robbed. And, yeah, I think and, we deserved a that, point, so. and we deserved a point against Spurs. Um, so. 
but it could be too big. There's a, big there's a trend. There's a trend occurring in the mate. There's a trend occurring, and and that that's what you've got to nip in the bud, which yeah, I suppose absolutely. leads us on to potentially yeah we we need to nip that in the bud as soon as we can and we will preview this week's games um but before we do so um and before we move on to this guys um anyone who's not already following us on twitter if you could that would be great we'd really appreciate that we are at bcr pod that's black country ramble pod we're bcr pod on twitter and last week we had a discussion about um goalkeepers in the black country and one feature which we are rolling out at the moment is we are collating um, the best 21st century black country 11 that we can with the input of our listeners, with the input of people online. Um, last week, we posed the question, which keeper should be in the 21st century black country 11? Ben Foster or Rue Patricio? And it was a very, very interesting poll on it was Twitter. Amazing. A very Such interesting a race. Night. It was, yeah. yeah, it was very, very fun. Um, ben Foster flew out into the lead. Um, we obviously got the sensible voters in early. Um, everybody posted their vote. And then I think Sporting Lisbon Twitter must have got a hold of it. because um, you know, yeah. all of a sudden yeah, it, was, it, it was my man Craig Spillard, <laughs> shout out, C Spillard, shout out Craig Spillard, he's got a wide reach. He spread, he spread the word, big up Craig. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am going to cry voter fraud though because somebody, not naming names, it was you, Jack, um, put hashtag sporting CP. Um, Mate, you got to do what you got to do, man. Yeah, I was very, very, very tempted to delete the tweet and uh, stop the count, as they say. <laughs> no, but that, that was brilliant. Thanks to everybody who voted in that. That was yeah, really, brilliant. really good Thanks, fun. Guys. And it's something we're going to do again this week, and it's something we're going to do every week until we reach the first Black Country Derby of the season. Now, that is in January, and um, if we do a poll a week up to that point, or maybe we'll have to do a couple of positions in one week, we will reach an 11 just before um, the Black Country Derby kicks off. Now, one of the things which has cropped up with this format, which might be um, problematic, is not going to miss my words. How good this current Wolves eleven is, um, and obviously the reason that uh, Ben Foster lost out was uh, recency bias. You know, Wolves fans, um, <laughs> Wolves fans, especially the ones who were voting at just, thirteen, fourteen years old, don't remember Ben Foster. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, not to have a yeah, not to have a go at Wolves fans. I thought it was brilliant the way the Wolves fans took that ball by the scruff of the neck. And um, yeah, fair enough. Anyone who who did retweet it, vote in it, thank you very much for that. But this week we come on to left backs. Okay, so we're working our way around the pitch and we're going to play a 4-4-2. I don't think either of us play this on Football Manager. Neither of us want to see our teams actually play this, but for the sake of the format, for the Mike, sake of that's it. Yeah, for the sake of the beautiful game, we'll go 4-4-2. So we're going to move on to left-backs, and I am at a real, real crossroads with which way I'm going to go. So I think I might have to listen to you for a couple of minutes um, while I decide. Um, JB, take it away. Who is the left-back you're putting forward for the Wolves fans um, for our combined 11? Okay, so before I name my left-back for our combined 11, um, just going to touch on it quickly. Kieran, jump in if I make a mistake. We've had a chat around the fact that, um, and Kim just touched on it, the fact that the Wolves eleven at the moment oh, of course, is yes, by, is, is by this, far yeah. the best eleven that I've witnessed within my lifetime of being a Wolves fan. And I could quite easily each week basically select the current Wolves eleven yeah. um, as as my choice to go forward, which kind of dilutes what we're trying to do. We're trying to do a it's a nostalgia trip, yes, basically. It's a yeah. nostalgia thing. 
looking back on things that made you tick as a kid. I've got great memories, you know, of, of the early 2000s when I was a, a, a teenager and, and, you know, and watching some of my heroes. And even though looking back, they weren't that great. They were still my heroes at the time <laughs> and stuff like that. Course, it's, yeah. it's that sort of, and that's the sort of the aim of, of this, this, this uh, combined Black Country 11. So what me and Kieran have decided to do is, is put a rule that the goalkeepers are done and dusted. Yeah, goalkeeper's parked. done. We, got, we can't retrospectively but, change that. Absolutely. So out of the next 10 outfield players, we are only allowed to um, put forward three of the current Wolves yeah. and West Brom team. Yeah, three of the current um, sides. So if I wanted to so go that's... Pereira and I wanted to go Jake Livermore and I wanted to go Diangana, that's fine. But any more than that, we're not allowed it. If Jack wanted to go Absolutely. Neves, Moutinho, Dendonka, I don't know. That's fine yeah, yeah. anymore. And we're going to pull, I'm going to pull him up. Sure. We're going to say, no, this is a nostalgia trip. This is supposed to be looking back. And to be honest, yeah. I think if we're going to technical ability, it probably would be mostly this Wolves 11 from the last 20 years. You know, this is the only one that's reached Europe, the only team in the Black Country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Europe. But if we're going on who's given the most to Black Country football, um, who's given who the most means enough of, to the. Yeah, who's given the most yeah. to the club in terms of. Um, big performances, you know, big days like that. The team that kept Albion up in 2005, for example, that absolutely that, that yeah. memory will live with me forever. Wolves had their great escape as well. wasn't as good an escape. It was yeah, maybe a good escape rather than a great escape. But yeah, um, sure. You had your promotion years. I think it was the fact that the Premier League was so poor that year. To be honest, poor <laughs> to start off with a minus twelve deduction. I think that was, was the year Roman right, Pavlyuchenko relegated Birmingham. In the no, no, do you know what? No, 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 no sorry. The, the first year we stayed up, uh, which was 09-10, uh, we oh, had right, to finish yeah. 15th, actually, just the, the standard in the Premier League. Yes, yeah. It was Hull, Pompey, and I think it was Burnley that went down, and the standard was just pretty poor that year. It was the season after the, the 10-11 season when Pavlyuchenko relegated Blues. We had that sort of survival yeah. Sunday sort of thing. So And, and you, so, lost yeah, so, three, yeah. you lost three, you lost 3-2 and stayed up. What, what a oh, great mate, escape. Phenomenal. I, I, I was... I was working at Wolves. That, that was that was at the time, and I was actually currently working at Wolves. I remember yeah. standing above the tunnel in the Billy Wright, and I remember I actually remember going down to my office, which was next to Jez's office, um, in inside the Billy Wright at the back of the, the family terms. enclosure. And um, oh, yeah, oh, Matt, I can I can drop a few going <laughs> forward. And I remember just sitting at my desk with my head in my hands, just. And at that point, we were relegated. We were done. We were final down. All the results are going against us. And it was just horrendous. And the feeling of when we stayed, I, I don't think I'll ever experience that again. But anyway, we digress. That's we digress. Yeah. The day. So, so, so the rule is three from the current 11. Or, should say or no more 11, than three from the current or 11. Or no more than three. Absolutely. So I will start off. I've had to think long and hard because there's a couple of... Um, well, there's been a mixture, really. You know, Barry Douglas did a great job for us when he first the season we went up, and he contributed so much from from a, from a left wing back position, goals, assists, just a lovely, tidy, technical player. Um, in in the years that we got we got promoted, and the Premier League era from, from the sort of the uh, the mid two thousands, George Ella Kobe uh, is a bit of a cult fans favourite. Um, gave a lot to the club, still loves the club. Wardy did well when he went left back. Um, I'll be honest with you, in, in between the, the relegations, when, when, we, when we dropped down, Scotty Goldborn was, was an excellent left back and contributed a lot for helping us back in from League One, back into the, the championship and almost making the playoffs. But I have settled on um, Lee Naylor. Now, Lee Naylor um, was 
a Wolves stalwart in a way. He, he rose to the ranks. He Blockridge born and bred in Sneed. Um, was, was on Wolves book since the age of 12. Um, went through the YTS system. Um, he made his Wolves debut in 2000, sorry, in 1997. Um, and he went on to make 293 appearances for the club, scoring seven goals from left back. Had a gorgeous left foot, defended well, attacked well. At times, you know, was a little bit shaky, you know, but, you know, which players aren't. Um, he was he, he was a cracking um, servant for, for Wolves. He was a good player. He, he got promoted uh, into the 2003 uh, playoff final when he went up under Dave Jones. Um, he played in the Premier League for us. Obviously, it wasn't a successful season, but he played in the Prem for us. He stuck with us when we went back down. Uh, played under Glenn Hoddle and he eventually made his move to Celtic um, and he flourished at Celtic, made over 100 appearances for Celtic. He went through the England ranks, played from under 16s all the way through to under 21s, was heavily touted to play for the England national team when he was at Celtic, such was his form, played in the Champions League. Um, and he was he's just, for me, he was a player that I grew up watching. You know, my, uh, my first Wolves game was 1994, he made his debut in 97. Um, so I grew up as a season ticket holder watching Lee Naylor week in, week out. Oh, my, season ticket old, my season ticket was on the, in the Billy Ride family enclosure. So every sort of second half, he was always attacking the, um, the, 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 sort of the side nearest me. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of memories of Lee Naylor. So there's a lot of nostalgia attached to that. The fact that he was a good servant, the fact that he was a good player, scored goals. He, he got promoted with us. He stuck with us when he got relegated. And the fact that you know, he went on had a successful career playing in the Champions League um, was was thoroughly deserved. So, so yeah, so my um, nomination is Lee Naylor. And I'll hand back to you to see if you've now clarified your thoughts. Yeah, so... And, um, do you know where you are? Yeah, so I whittled it down to two before we started. Um, and I have two left-backs who probably, you wouldn't say, the left-backs, both of them, you wouldn't say either of them, it was their first position. Um, but they are certainly the best. Well, maybe not technically the best because Kieran Gibbs is excellent, uh, but we've, had, yeah, we've not sure. really had him in his prime. But the two left backs who have given the most to the club, or the two players who have given the most to the club and also played left back for the club. So they've both been promoted three times with Albion, which is mm-hmm. phenomenal. Uh, most players never achieve one promotion to the Premier League, let alone two let alone three with the same club. Um, And a lot of Albion fans will have worked out um, at least one of the two that I'm going on about. But the first one, um, and this is a real nostalgia trip um, for me growing up, um, Neil Clement was one of my idols. And Neil Clement could play anywhere across the back four. He could play in midfield. He was, the man was a wizard. He had a gorgeous left foot. He was so consistent. Injuries really held him back, but he still made 250 appearances for Albion. Um, I was fortunate enough, I think when I was nine or 10, um, to walk out with Neil, uh, Neil Clement as uh, I was a mascot. Uh, which was great. Neil Clement's got a really special place in my heart and he was fantastic, scored amazing free kicks. But the other left-back, who's not really a left-back and has had three he scored promotions... A good, he, scored a against, he scored a gun against the Wolves, didn't he? He did, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. I remember that. Um, the lights that was, yeah. Yeah, the season that Wolves bottled the... Threw away the lead, lead. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, don't want to talk about that, do you? Um, no. Don't need to, mate, no, really on now. Don't need, don't, need, don't need to live in the past. Don't need to live in the past. 
Oh, God. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, Neil Clement did love to score a worldie of a free kick uh, and he was versatile. But another man who loved to score a worldie of a free kick and was versatile is the legend that is Chris Brunt. Um, and the reason I've not gone um, 100% all in on Chris Brunt is the fact he's not really a left back. He played um, so much of his career at left midfield and he played so much of his career at central midfield. But the years that he was playing left back under Pulis, um, he was fantastic. He's always sort of dipped in and out of playing left back and especially when his pace went. And I'm going to go with Chris Brunt, not because he's the best left back we've had, but he's the best player we've had who's played left back. If, if you get yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. And that yeah, might yeah, that be a little sense, bit of a square peg in a round hole, but it gives us um, or gives me the luxury of picking uh, four other players across the midfield without using one of those on Chris Brunt. Because um, yeah, I feel sure. like Chris Brunt deserves to be in this team, but we've maybe got more players who had that bit of glitz and glamour in midfield. So sure. Chris Brunt has silly assist numbers in the Premier League. He's got three promotions with Albion. He was Mr. West Brom for a decade. Um, and I think he had to be in my team somewhere. Um, and the place he's going to be in my team is at left back. So, guys, um, you've heard my case for Chris Brunt uh, and a very honourable mention for Neil Clement. And you've heard Jack's case for uh, Lee Naylor and lots of honourable mentions. Um, so we're going to put it over to you. Um, now, Albion fans, I do not want a repeat of last week um, where Wolves fans get hold of it and run away with it because if Lee Naylor beats Chris Brunt, I will not be a happy man on this week's on next week's podcast. Jack, anything to add? Oh, I just want to just say quickly, um, I know there'll be a lot of Wolves fans probably screaming uh, down the ear fans if you listen to this, saying, where's Johnny, where's Johnny? Johnny would obviously have been my first choice because course, he's just yeah. an unbelievable, outstanding footballer, the best left-back I've seen at Wolves. But as we mentioned earlier, the three-man sort of shortlist from the current squad meant that pre sort of looking forward at where I want to go with the rest of the, the eleven meant I had to sacrifice, I'm having to sacrifice. I'm, in my head now, I'm already thinking of my centre-halves and thinking who am I after sacrificing and things like yeah. that. Um, so, so unfortunately as good as Johnny is and, and as an amazing player that he is and I can't wait for him to be back in, in, in the black and gold shirt um, I had to sort of sacrifice him from a kind of the, the current the current um, players that I want to pick um, but yeah I, I sort of echo Kieran's sentiments it was, it was a great poll last week I was literally was on my fun. phone refreshing it was brilliant <laughs> I, was around, I was running around the house trying to sort the kids out and I was I know, me and kids were messaging each other it was great fun but like I said, Wolves fans, if you listen in, particularly the older generation Wolves fans, sort of my age and above, I remember Lee Nail, I'll say. Just remember how good a player he was, what a good servant he was. Um, and just get those voting, get retweeting. And let's just get this poll bigger and better each week because it's going to be such, such good fun doing it. I'm really looking forward to seeing the outcome. Absolutely. So if you are listening, guys, um, which if you're hearing this, you definitely are. Um, uh, give us give us a follow on uh, Twitter at BCR Pod and please um, give us a retweet as well on that poll once you've voted. Yeah, that would yeah. be fantastic for us. Um, so yeah, we'll be talking again uh, next week about who won, and I hope I hope we'll have our first West Brom name in that eleven. Mm-hmm. So let's move on. Let's move on to predicting. Two big games, two, big game for yep. Wolves, big game for Wolves against Arsenal. That's, that's sort of the next step if Wolves are going to progress yep. from where they finished last couple of seasons. Arsenal mm-hmm. are in the, the crosshairs sort of thing. Yeah. But it's a massive game for Albion. 
huge game for West Brom. Huge. It is a monstrous game. And I touched on it last week. Again, I know I keep referencing back to to, to the the, the last week's podcast, but I feel like I kind of... um, I'm always picking up the vibes each week as to what's to come. And I just knew that there was going to be something about this this week's game that it, it is huge. I mean... We're in the back end of the November now. We're about to hit that manic, manic festive period, which I love as a fan. I love. Can't get enough of it. You know, the more games, the better for me. Um, but it's a huge, huge, huge game for, for West Brom um, and for Sheffield United. Um, and I just think, unless it's a board draw, but whoever gets that win on Saturday, that kickstarts them up that mass and it, and it almost and, it, and, it, and to me almost puts a nail in, in, in a coffin for the other I think it's that big a game I really really do um, both winless both struggling just to get that, that that magic three points on the board and it, it, yeah it's, it's just huge Kieran I, there's no way just you'll be we, we can dissect it all you want but it's just huge and I, I can't imagine what you'll sort of be feeling come Saturday evening, because it is Saturday evening, isn't it? Is it, yeah. is it the 8 o'clock one again? 8pm again, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's massive. It's absolutely massive. And, and again, it's at the Hawthorns, isn't it? It is at the Hawthorns, it, yeah. The, the last so time... The, these... I mean, sorry, we, we talk about, we, t- we touched on about the, when I spoke about the fans in the ground, um, pulling Wolves through on Monday, would have pulled Wolves through on Monday, oh, in my opinion. God. This it, can, you, can you imagine the Saturday night under oh, the no, light? Oh, no. everyone, everyone been on the Christmas pop all day, Christmas parties on the <laughs> pop all day in Brum. Go there. Mate, I remember the Wolves Spurs. First is we went up Wolves Spurs under the light. It was one of the first Saturday night games that the Prem had ever done. And it was under the lights. It were, and they did a it was unbelievable, mate. The, the atmosphere was just it gives me spot, tingles now. It was amazing. And I just think that is the kind of game where Albion are going to miss the fans because yeah. you imagine that packed house, everyone been on the pop all day, under the lights, relegation battle, both winless, the noise, the crowd, it, it, it's gutting. I don't really want to talk about it, which just makes me sad, to be honest. Yeah. But um, it's yeah. huge for you, man. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but for me, it, 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 it's win or bust. For me, win yeah, or bust. I would echo those sentiments. And it's, it is getting to the, you know, Fulham looked win and win or bust, and then you know games against Brighton and Burnley were sort of yeah, win or bust, yeah. and now we're looking at it and it's like, oh, maybe they weren't bust because you know the other teams didn't win. I know Burnley finally got that win this weekend, but yeah, yeah, the other teams sure. around us weren't winning, and Fulham have only got one game, one one game that was against us. Um, Sheffield United haven't won yet. Brighton, I know they won again this weekend. Uh, because Brighton have won and because Burnley have won and because if we lose that game, obviously Sheffield United will have won. Yeah, yeah. Then I think it really is win or bust. We are in a dogfight. We're in a dogfight anyway, oh. but we are, you know, we are so far behind um, mentally and so far behind in terms of momentum. If we were to lose to the team who are bottom and go rock yeah. bottom in doing so, that would be a massive, massive blow for sure. us. But, Sheffield yeah, United psychological, yeah. are yeah, Sheffield United are vulnerable. Sheffield United are weak. Sheffield United have had a really yeah. similar thing to us since we came back last season after lockdown. They were in a bit of free fall. They've not been able to rediscover that form without the fans. Um cloggers. <laughs> yeah, we um we need this win, but so do they. And it's all well and good thinking like all oh, newly promoted team, massive game for us. We're going to be nervous. They will be nervous. Chris Wilder won't be nervous about his job. 
Um, but I think if it was anyone else in charge of Sheffield United, it would be their job on the line. Chris, Chris mm. Wilder's like the Messiah there, though, so I, I wouldn't worry about that if I was Chris Wilder. But if it was anyone else after nine games, and I think the same can be said for Bilic, this could be, this could be a big, big day for Bilic. If we lose 1-0 and it's unlucky or whatever, it, he'll keep his job. If we lose 3-0, if we lose 4-0... And the thing is, as well, we'll be managerless you know, you, next week. Yeah, you've, you've you've got you know you've got potentially got a new consortium coming in, haven't you? There's the takeover thing, which which Percy yeah. leads the other day. I, I, so I, I think that, a lot of that's just just hearsay. I don't I don't know how much possibly. I only there. take it. Oh, look, listen, I, yeah. I I haven't read the article. I haven't gone into it, but if I see something from Percy, I will take it seriously. He's good uh, on transfers. He's, 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 good he's, on he's transfers. very very yeah. He's, he's very very good. So all I'm trying to say is literally potentially if you've got a. A new investor coming in, new owners, they might have their own man. You don't know. It, it, it's big for Billich, you know. And like I said, I think even losing unlucky 1 0, mate, I don't think that cuts, cuts the mustard. These are the games be, you've do got. I think he'll be sacked regardless of. Not necessarily, mate, because personally, I, I think who are, Al, who are Albion going to attract? It's I agree. Bilic, I agree. I think Slavin Billich is the man. I think Slavin yeah, Billich yeah. is the man. And I think everybody um, at the moment sort of has the man for their club. Even, yeah, yeah. even like. Um, Fulham, they've already been relegated once with Scott Parker and they stuck with him. Like everybody's sort of got a manager that they, they trust in at the moment. That'll all change yeah, from Christmas. It's, it's, but once yeah, the yeah. first one's sacked, they'll all start to be sacked because yeah, some teams will have a resurgence yeah, yeah. and likes of Graham Potter and um, David Moyes and Billich um, and Scott Parker will be worried for their jobs. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think it's massive. I think it's massive for the for the for the league table. It's massive for the clubs. It's massive for uh, the managers, uh, more billets yeah, than yeah. Wilder, because I think Wilder is a little bit bulletproof there. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's huge. And I, I, I'm expecting a cagey affair. And the one thing I don't want to happen is what happened last time we played uh, Sheffield United. Albion fans, I'll take you back. We are talking February 2019. Um, it was very cold. It was... A Chris Wilder masterclass, Sheffield United won one nil because they just gave us the ball and said, Go on then. Go on then. Are you, are you good enough to break us down? No, of course you're not. We'll we'll score on the yeah. counter. We've got we've got a dynamic setup. We if you come and have a go if you think you're hard enough, kind of thing. And we yeah, weren't. Yeah, sure. And that was under I remember that game. Do you know what? I remember that game. That that that's just uh, come back to me. I remember that, that, that yeah, was I that was like right the writing on the wall for our promotion campaign that year. It yeah. was like, oh, that's the standard. All of a sudden, we we have to be that good. We we did very yeah. well at Bramall Lane that season. Gareth Barry scored a really good goal, and we won two one. But but yeah, yeah. the the one nil victory for Sheffield United in February resembled the current Sheffield United or last season. Sheffield yeah, United yeah, sure. Far more than than that Bramall Lane game does. Um, yeah, yeah. Did looking back on it, so I think if we if we set out to try and dominate the game, we could we yeah. could come unstuck. If we look to do what we've done um, in recent weeks and maybe give Sheffield United the ball a little bit more, the same way we, we've given the ball to United and Spurs, then we could, we could get a result. Um, yeah. Prediction-wise, what are you going to say, JB? Me? Oh, do you know what, mate? This is so tough to call. Um, I'm going to go a little bit left-wing. Um, I'm going to go nil-nil. Mm. I'm going to go nil-nil. I, I, I'm, 
it's going to be one of them. I think it could, it could go one way. It could be the other way. You just flat the blocks at each other. It could be something stupid like three, two or two all or something like that. Yeah. Or, yeah. It, could, or it could just be you're both shitting yourselves that much that you think a point's better than nothing and you cancel each other out into nil-nil. So I'm going to go for a Saturday night disappointment. Should have turned out to Strictly. Nil-nil vibe. <laughs> I'm going to go. Okay, okay. I like it. Um, nil-nil. Would you take a point now? Would you take a point now? Or not? <sighs> Yes or no? Dead simple. Would you take a point, yes or no? No. Good. Yeah, good. I'm glad you said that. I'm no. glad you said that. I, I don't yeah. think we can good. afford to take a point with Palace and yeah. Newcastle to come as well. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I wouldn't take a point. I know, yeah. I wouldn't take a point. Um, I think yeah, yeah. we need to win this game. I'm going to go with a horrible, horrible 1-0 <laughs> for Albion. And it will be, it will be a, God, I wish I was watching Strictly kind of 1-0. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's definitely head over, uh, sorry, definitely heart over head there. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm letting my... Um, you got to back, you got to back, you got to back your boys. Yeah, yeah, I'm letting my bias come in there because it's a toss of a coin, this game. Sheffield United are a good outfit. They're just struggling for confidence. A uh, bit like us, you know, you, we've got a lot of yeah, talent, sure. but we're struggling for confidence. Um, I, I am going to go for a 1-0. Uh, if we score up. early and have to hang on, that'll be horrible. If we score yeah. late, it'll be ecstasy. Um, anyway, yeah. it'll be a, it'll be a top top uh, game. It'll be a proper relegation six pointer. It'll yeah, be a, um, I agree. It'll, be, it'll have all the hallmarks of um, of those hard fought nasty games where you do need the fans to get you over the line. But yeah, yeah, oh well. that's it, mate. No, so. Good stuff. Um, Quick word on Wolves, please, JB. You are playing Arsenal. Uh, Connor Cody should be back for this because, um, yeah, like um, we said before, he was negative. He was out of isolation before yeah, the last yeah. game. So, Do you see Wolves going back to a back three then? 100%, mate. He'll go back three. He'll revert back to Bolly, Cody and uh, Kilman. Potentially, I'm going to put it out there. It depends. Sois, um, obviously, he was out with the getting in contact with somebody with COVID or... No, he, he got COVID, actually, I think, Saïs. Um, so he might be back. I'm not sure on that. But I wouldn't mind seeing Saïs in the back three alongside Bolly and, um, and and Cody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind either. I, I, it'd be interesting to see how, how he lines up. I'd love him to play a sort of a sitting two um, in, front, in front of the back three. And then likely Pedence in a bit of a in, in a free role behind. Um, I'd love to see Traore and, and, and Jimenez up top together. I'd love to see that. Um, I've always liked him and then pair play up top together. But um, I'll trust Nuno on, on his judgment. Arsenal in lockdown did an absolute number on us. We played Arsenal at home and we lost two 0 Two 0 And I was I was so confident before that game. I thought we'd get a result. So confident, and they just came and did a number on us. Absolutely did a number on us. And I really hope that we've learned the lessons from, from that game. I think it will be a free-flowing, attacking game. I think there'll be goals. Um, and it, I think the, a lot of the outcome will depend on, on, on how Nuno sets up going forward. But I'm going to put my neck on the line and I'm going to say that Wolves are going to win 3-1. Interesting. Um, I, I'm not feeling so brash about the amount of goals there might be. You know what? I think I'd be back in yeah. under 2.5 goals if I, was, saying, yeah. if I was a gambling man. Um, I am going to go with one all again. It's for one the all, second week in a row, I'm going to predict Wolves yeah. one all, uh, and it might do I'll, me well I'll, again. 
I'll take one all now, right now, mate. Yeah. But um, I, I, genu- I, genu- I genuinely think we've we've got we've got the goods to beat Arsenal. I think if we turn up, I think I think we've got the goods to beat them. Um, so there's no we'll doubt see. about that. You've got the quality to beat them. Um, yeah. But I, I, it's one of those, and it depends how you play on the day. Um, Absolutely. Let's let's from this point onwards, then, um, as George, one of our listeners, suggested. Um, We'll say one point for a correct uh, result, three points for a correct score. We'll keep a tally. Yep. And the other one has to buy the other one dinner at the end of the season. Yep. Fantastic. And our, yep. And our other little wager, which we still haven't decided on a, on a, um, on a stake for yet, but we're not really no. we're not pressed on it, uh, is yep. Neto versus Grant for the season. Who's going to score the most goals? Pedro Neto couldn't have been better placed for that gift against Southampton. Um, right back off the post. Um, Neto, Neto, will score, yeah. Neto will score double the amount of goals Grant scores. If okay. not triple. Okay, not triple. so, so um, Neto has edged ahead in that one. Um, <laughs> Two, two, one. Currently, he is Talk on. Talk about getting excited. Yeah, I know, yeah. Carl <laughs> yeah. um, and Grant will hit a purple patch and he'll, he'll reach double figures this season. Um, I hope that purple patch starts on Saturday and continues you need, until you Christmas. You need oh, something, buddy. Yeah. Okay, guys. Thank you very, very much for listening. If you've made it to this point in the podcast, uh, really appreciate the support. Please do uh, leave a review wherever you're listening to your podcasts and please do follow us on Twitter at BCR Pod. Uh, that's all from me. JB, is that all from you? All from me, guys. Keep safe. Have a good weekend. Um, and up the wolves. I'm not going to let it end on that. So uh, up the Albion and <laughs> see you next week, Cheers, guys. guys. See you, see next you week, later. JB. Bye. Cheers, buddy.